It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is going on, friends? Welcome to another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast brought to you by our friends at Visa. Hey, remember to help support your local businesses now, whether they're your corner stores, your coffee spots, or your favorite shops. Local businesses have always been on your team supporting you and your community. But right now, more than ever, local businesses need our support. So let's be there for them. So the next time you go shopping, make the choice to shop at local businesses and look for the contact list symbol and tap to pay with a contact list visa to help support your community because where and how you shop matters. Visa, everywhere you want to be, official partner of the NFL. Hello, friends. Billy Rossetti with you guys here. And for the third week in a row, it is a victory Monday here on the podcast. It's great to be doing a bunch of these again. As the Panthers win their third straight game in a uh, in what was a fun game, a good, a good early offensive battle, and then the Panthers shut the door on defense. You know, a little sloppy on offense in the second half, but defense came up big uh, where they need to, especially in that one fourth quarter drive. So we'll obviously talk about uh, some of the big moments here in this game. But the Panthers get the win in Week Five, twenty three. To 16 over the Atlanta Falcons. And so the Panthers are now 3-2 and two on the season. And if you guys checked out the playoff standings, you know, going into tonight's game, because it will change a bit if the Saints win. But for the time being, let's enjoy it right now. But for the time being, the Carolina Panthers are a playoff team. They currently hold the last playoff spot. In the NFL, which is crazy to think uh, could have happened, you know, five weeks into the season with uh, obviously all we had been talking about uh, with this team, how it was going to be in a rebuilding mode and, you know, five or six wins might have been their ceiling. Well, guess what? They're already halfway now to six. They only need two more wins to match their win total from last season. And there's still a few winnable games left on this schedule here and you know this team now is showing that they can be competitive with a lot of teams they've I mean they've hung around in pretty much every game so far as we know obviously these last three weeks that they won and even in the two losses they they fought hard so this team is back this team looks excited and uh you know ready to roll so it's really been fun to watch them over the over these last couple of weeks so but another like I said another great offensive day we'll run through the numbers quick and kind of talk about it so overall the Panthers 437 yards of offense which is obviously a really good number Teddy Bridgewater another great day 27 of 37 313 yards two touchdowns no interceptions 
Rushing-wise, Mike Davis, big day out of Mike Davis. 89 yards rushing on 16 carries, and he added 60 yards receiving on 9 catches and a touchdown. So almost 150 total yards of offense for Mike Davis on 20 touches. So Mike Davis has really really helped lighten the pain and really has uh, completely erased the pain, actually, I should say, of not having Christian McCaffrey. I mean, it's crazy to think, you know, we knew Mike Davis was a decent running back, but the talent drop-off was is obvious. But Mike Davis has helped this offense not skip a beat at all since Christian McCaffrey went down. And now it just shows that the Panthers now have can have a really good one-two punch at the running back position once Christian McCaffrey does come back from injury. Um, it could finally allow the Panthers to get McCaffrey off the field a little bit more instead of having to play him 98, 99, 100% of the snaps. They can get Mike Davis in there as more than just a spell back now. He can take some plays or take some plays off of Christian McCaffrey, which has been really nice to see. Uh, receiving wise, again, another great day from some of the receivers, particularly the top two. Uh, it was another 100 yard day for Robbie Anderson, including a, a beautiful one handed catch, which was, you know, just incredible. Uh, Robbie Anderson has, you know, kind of turned out to be a bit of a bargain so far with uh, that $10 million a year contract. He's been incredible for this Panthers offense and obviously has been a, a huge factor in helping Teddy. You know, get comfortable with you know a new team. Obviously, a similar system as we talked about because of Joe Brady. Uh, but that connection between Teddy and Robbie has been outstanding the first five weeks of the season. Eight catches, 112 yards. Uh, DJ Moore, though, a solid day out of him as well. He was only targeted five times while Anderson was targeted 13 times. But DJ made the most out of those five targets. Four catches, 93 yards, including a 57-yard touchdown catch and run where he just kind of turned on the jets after he caught that pass just showing his his great speed so so right there that's what 205 total yards receiving between anderson and dj moore and then we mentioned mike davis had 60 yards on nine catches he was actually the second most targeted receiver on sunday with 10 dj moore and curtis samuel each had five targets samuel catching both of his targets, or all of his targets, excuse me, for 36 yards. And then Farrell Cooper got in the mix as well with one catch for 12 yards. So, great offensive day. And, you know, they just continue to show that they can move the football at will. You know, they were, like I said, a little sluggish at times, especially in the second half. You know, a, a three and out in the fourth quarter, only up by seven you kind of worried that the momentum was possibly going to shift over to the Atlanta Falcons, but boy, the Falcons' defense came up big when they needed it. Falcons are driving. They get in the red zone. Uh, it's looking like they're going to tie the game. Matt Ryan fires into the end zone and turned out to be a, uh, a pretty bad decision from Matt Ryan because Russell Gage is there in the back of the end zone, but Justin Burris, of course, is right at right in front of Russell Gage and right there to pick off Matt Ryan and create a huge turnover uh in this game and really that was the uh that was the only turnover of this game so 
couldn't have come at a better time than in the fourth quarter with the Falcons looking to tie the game and the Panthers shut the door. And then the Panthers were able to, you know, really run out a lot of the clock after that and hang on for the victory. You know, they added a field goal uh, late in the fourth quarter to kind of seal the game. So, like, like I said, listen, this... This has been a fun team to watch the, these last couple weeks. This offense is clicking. It's firing on all cylinders. The offensive line has played well. Um, we saw Chris Reed got the start at left guard after both Dennis Daly and Michael Schofield were actually both inactive for Sunday's game. So that tells me that the Panthers now have a lot of confidence in Chris Reed, and rightfully so. Reed's had a great last couple of games so the fact that you're putting on the inactive list basically both of his direct backups. I mean, you're talking the guy who was supposed to start at left guard at the start of the season before he got banged up, and then the guy who did get the start in week one in place of the guy that was originally supposed to start. Both of them were deemed inactive in place of Chris Reed, who, of course, we know just came off the COVID reserve list just a couple of weeks ago. But he's turned out to be a fantastic option. And then Russell Okung had himself a solid game yesterday. So overall, the offensive line really starting to gel together. And we know that was kind of the uh, the weak point of this Panthers team, at least going into, or at least that was the preconceived notion going into the season, that this offensive line was going to be the weak link. But they've been... A very strong unit, so it's really hard to say, really kind of hard to figure out what the weak link right now is on this offense, because really everybody is kind of doing their part. If we had to guess like kind of what is the lowest rank, and I wouldn't even say weak link, but the lowest rank, it'd probably be the tight end position, because that's really the spot that you're not really getting a ton of production out of, at least in the passing game. You know, Ian Thomas and Chris Manhurts have both been relatively quiet so far this season. A lot of the work has been done by either the, the top three wide receivers or by the running backs, whether it was McCaffrey or whether it was Mike Davis. So I wouldn't call them like a weak link, but they are probably the weakest of the chain. I don't mean that in a bad sense, but they are definitely the, uh, the bottom rung right now. But other than that, this offense is clicking and they are they're going to be a force to be reckoned with probably sooner rather than later. Now it looks like a lot sooner uh, than a lot of us anticipated. So, um, you know, we, we don't want to get a little too hasty yet and say like they're completely back because, you know, there's still some issues on the run defense. I mean, Todd Gurley gave up 121 or Todd Gurley rushed for 121 yards on a touchdown on 14 carries. Brian Hill had six carries for 39 yards and Todd Gurley actually was pretty decently involved in the the passing game, which we hadn't seen much from the Falcons in the first four weeks of the season. He had four catches for 29 yards and was uh, tied for the third most targeted receiver on the Falcons. Of course, they didn't have Julio Jones again, uh, but Calvin Ridley stepped up in a big way. Eight catches for a buck 36, but no touchdowns. Because um, Matt Ryan didn't even throw the touch. The only touchdown the the Falcons got was that Todd Gurley score. So other than that one drive where, you know, the Falcons scored on a 35 yard run by Gurley on a third and three, 
It was the defense just stepping up big, you know, kind of a bend but don't break, holding them to just three field goals the rest of the way. And then again, that huge interception uh, in the fourth quarter. Now, if there was one spot we would have liked them to clean up too, um, it was Justin Burris trying to get that scoop and score early in the game, but he couldn't get a handle on the football. And that's why, you know, these players are always told just jump on the football. You know, the offense will take over, you know, unless you can cleanly get it and run with it, just jump on the football, take over, you know, let the offense take over. Uh, but it still put the Falcons in a, um, a pretty deep position. But other than that, in the run defense, you got to really like what the Panthers have been doing so far uh, as a group, both on offense and on defense. So it's been a, a fun ride so far these these last couple of weeks. So we'll touch a little more on this game and kind of wrap around the NFC South as we have been kind of wrapping up week five in a sense. But before we do that, of course, a shout out to our friends at Visa. Today's episode brought to you by Visa. Who knows that local businesses are the heartbeat of our communities, whether they're our corner stores, our coffee spots, or our favorite shops. Local businesses have always been there for us. They remember our orders. They call us by name, always giving back, making a difference, and going that extra mile to support us and our community. And right now, more than ever, local businesses need our support. So now it's time for us to return the favor. So the next time you go shopping, make the choice to shop at local businesses and look for the contact list symbol and tap to pay with a contact list visa to help support your community. Because where and how you shop matters. Visa, everywhere you want to be, official partner of the NFL. Hi, I'm Jake from Locked On. Think of all the amazing things in life that are expressions of you, your favorite football team, what you wear to the playoff watch party, that song that you stream over and over to get you pumped up for the gym, or the recommendations that you share with your friends on the top six comedy podcasts that are best to listen to on a long road trip, or even your new haircut, which may or may not be an epic bowl cut from the 90s and hopefully is. Everything that makes you, you makes all the difference. State Farm believes insurance should work the same way. Your plan, your coverage selections can be personalized by you. And the ability to choose the plan you want by picking the options that fit you, like choosing to bundle your home and auto policies, is what the State Farm personal price plan is all about. Getting the coverage you want at an affordable price just for you. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. So actually, let's take a look now at the snap counts here uh, for yesterday's game for the Panthers and you know, kind of see the rotation that we've been kind of following you know, on a week-by-week basis, especially at the defensive line, especially after Brian Burns went out with that concussion. You know, it sucked because... Burns looked like he was on his way to another strong game. He had four tackles, had a sack of Matt Ryan, one of the two sacks that the Panthers had overall yesterday on Matt Ryan. Marquise Haynes had the other. Uh, But Burns went down with a concussion, uh, so we'll obviously track his status throughout the week. Hopefully he gets back soon. Um, But, you know, the Panthers have shown that they have some other good DNs that can kind of help keep that unit afloat. Uh, if Burns misses some time, Weatherly has played well, uh, Haynes and a couple other guys, uh, Gross Matos, of course. So overall, hasn't been a uh, you know it's been a very solid uh, defensive line structure for this team. But let's start with the offense, where there were 65 offensive snaps 
and five players played all 65 of them. Obviously, Teddy Bridgewater's one, and then four of the offensive linemen, Moten, Miller, Reed, and Paradis. As Russell Okung actually played 64 of the 65 snaps as Greg Little got in for one snap. So, which, you know, we expect, kind of expected that would be the case with Russell Okung coming back. I mean, he he is the starter at left tackle, but we talked last couple of weeks that Greg Little and Trent Scott kind of showed that, you know, the future is still, you know, the Panthers still have a bit of a future at that left tackle position after Okung leaves. But if Okung's healthy, he's obviously the guy and obviously had himself another solid game as he usually does. Uh, Mike Davis played 54 of the 63 snaps. DJ Moore, Curtis Samuel, and Robbie Anderson all pretty close together uh, as far as the, the snap counts go for the receivers. 51 for Moore, 48 for Samuel, 47 for Anderson. Then you get to the two tight ends. Ian Thomas played 42 snaps. Chris Manhurts played 32, so just a shade under a half for Chris Manhurts. And then you, you drop to guys that played less than a quarter of the snaps. Farrell Cooper played 15 of the 65 snaps. Colin Thompson, 14 snaps. So, you know, some more playing time over these last couple of weeks for Colin Thompson. Alex Arma saw 10 snaps on offense. Seth Roberts saw 10 snaps. Trent Cannon got in for two snaps. We saw that. Uh, but he ended up with negative one yard on those two carries. And like we said, Greg Little playing one snap at offensive tackle. And then as far as special teams go, for those guys, Moten, Miller, Reed, and Manhurts each played five snaps on special teams. Davis, Moore, and Anderson had one each. Cooper and Thompson, seven each. Armour and Roberts with eight each. And then Trenton Cannon, of course, the special teamer anyway, 13 special team snaps for him. On the defensive side of the ball, there were also 65 snaps there as well, interestingly enough. So both sides with 65 snaps and four players playing all 65 snaps. It was Justin Burris, Rasul Douglas, Shaq Thompson, and Trey Boston. Really the names we've been saying um, all season as far as playing all the snaps. And then Jeremy Chin playing 64 of the 65 snaps. And then Troy Pride actually played... 63 of the 65 snaps. So um, it was all Rasul Douglas and Troy Pride as Dante Jackson played just one snap uh, before coming out of the game as Jackson suffered another toe injury. So it allowed Troy Pride to get a lot more of the work in because, of course, Eli Apple was inactive with that hamstring injury. So uh, just that next man up mentality. So again, 63 of the 65 snaps for Troy pride. We're still Douglas playing all 65. And then actually they were the only players that played 65% of the snaps, let alone like 80 or 90%. Because then K1 short was next on the list with 40 snaps. But again, that's just the way the Panthers rotate those D linemen. So 40, 40 defensive snaps for short, 37 for Stephen Weatherly, 36 for Marquise Haynes, 35 for Tyre Whitehead, 33 for F.A. Obada, 33 for Derek Brown. So those are the guys that played at least half the snaps. 
Then it was 30 for Corn Elder. So, you know, he still got Elder in there uh, as the nickel. Zach Kerr played 25 snaps. Gross Motto saw 17. Brian Burns, 16 before going out with an injury. Bravion Roy saw 15 snaps. Adarius Taylor with nine. And then one each for Jermaine Carter. And then, of course, Dante Jackson before suffering that toe injury. Uh, Special teams-wise, on the defensive side, it was 11 defensive snaps for Justin Burris, four for Douglas, one for Shaq, five for Chin, 10 for Pride, three for Haynes, four for Whitehead, eight for Obata, one for Derek Brown, 16 for Elder, eight for Zach Kerr, three for Gross Matos, one for Burns, four for Roy, 17 for Darius Taylor, and then the two that played the most special team snaps, 21 each for Jermaine Carter and Julian Stanford, 17 for Brandon Zilstra, 15 for Miles Hartsfield, 13 for Sam Franklin, 11 for Joey Sly, and then 8 each for the other two specialists, Joseph Charlton and J.J. Jansen. So that's that's the snap count report from Sunday's game. And then just a quick look at the uh, the tackles for the Panthers. Shaq Thompson leading the way with 10. Jeremy Chin had 9. Uh, Rasul Douglas, 8. So, And then Troy Pride had 6. So, uh, you know, a solid day for them. So Jeremy Chin just continues to be um, that young leader that the Panthers brought him in to be. He's been, he's been, you know, what, like first or second in tackles pretty much every week so far this season, you know, along with Shaq Thompson. So th- those have been, you know, the two guys doing the most damage. And then the Panthers, as I said, got to Matt Ryan twice. Brian Burns got in there, as did uh, Marquise Haynes. Uh, they also caused the fumble of Matt Ryan. But as we said earlier, Justin Burris tried to scoop and score, but didn't get it cleanly. And the Falcons were able to recover. But the F- Burris more than made up for it with that huge interception, which, like I said earlier, turned out to be the only uh in, only turnover of the game for both sides. So talked about this numerous times so far with the Panthers and this has been a it's a big reason why they are uh you know they've won 3 in a row and have worked their way back up to 500. They do not turn the ball over. Teddy Bridgewater just continues uh to take care to take care of the football, you know, no interceptions, um, no fumbles, you know, so right now the Panthers have a plus three turnover differential. They have uh, eight takeaways versus five giveaways. You know, they've picked off three or they've come up with three interceptions so far and five fumbles while Teddy Bridgewater has only thrown three interceptions a season and they've only fumbled the ball twice. So good good stuff there. You know, that's uh, just above the middle of the pack, you know, right around the top 10. Uh, right now the Browns and Seahawks actually lead in that category uh, with a plus six turnover differential. Actually, the Browns have the most takeaways in the NFL with 12, and then the Seahawks are tied with the Ravens with 10 takeaways, but the Ravens have a plus five turnover differential as do the Titans and the Chiefs Colts are at plus four and then the Panthers are tied with the Packers the Dolphins and the Steelers with a plus three differential so 
Again, big reason. That's a big reason why the Panthers have been winning games. They're winning the turnover battle. In this case, you know, it was only one to nothing, but that one interception came at a crucial time when the Falcons looked like they were ready to score a touchdown, tie the game, tie the game at twenty. But Justin Burris shut the door on that, and then the field goal later in the quarter kind of iced it for the Panthers. So great victory for the Panthers. And like I said at the top. As of now, pending the result of the Saints game tonight, but as we're speaking right now in the middle of the day Monday, the Carolina Panthers are a playoff team. They are tied for first place in the NFC South with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at 3-2, and two, and then they currently hold the last wild card spot. It's right now the Panthers and the Cardinals tied for seventh in the NFC, and the Panthers, of course, have that week four victory over the Cardinals. So obviously that right now is the tiebreaker. They, of course, lose the tiebreaker right now in the division to the Bucks because of Tampa Bay's win in week two. And actually, if the Saints win tonight, uh, the Panthers would fall to third in the division because of uh, division record and head-to-head. The Saints would have the uh, the best division record because they've only played the one division game so far. And, of course, they won it over the Bucks. And then between the Bucks and the Panthers, again, Bucks would beat out the Panthers. So Panthers would fall to third in the division, but still they have a winning record through five weeks, which is something we really didn't think was possible. And we certainly didn't think they'd be tied for the division lead, uh, let alone be in a playoff position or close to a playoff position uh, through five weeks of the season. So Panthers are back. They're, they're pretty much back. Matt Rule has this team feeling great. And actually, uh, interestingly enough now, their next game comes against the team that is currently directly above them in in the NFC playoff standings again at the moment. This changes if the Saints win. You know, they could lose, though. You never know. But for the moment, the Panthers are 7, and the team right above them at number 6 now is the team the Panthers host on Sunday, the Chicago Bears. And the Bears are obviously a really tough team to figure out. I mean, obviously they're 4-1. and one. They're coming off that rally victory over the Buccaneers on Thursday night. But there's a lot of people out there that still aren't sold on the Chicago Bears despite the 4-1 and one start. You know, a lot of... I'm seeing a lot of people think that this is kind of a, uh, a fool's gold so to speak. So Sunday's going to be really interesting now for both teams. It's the three and two Panthers and the four and one Bears. And certainly looking forward to uh, the crossover this week with Lauren Cox of Locked On Bears. Good buddy of mine. Always great to talk to him. So we'll get some good talk there as we get ready for this game. But the like I said, the Bears, they're, they're an interesting team. You know, the offense has been pretty uh pretty sluggish at times. You know, Nick Foles, uh, he obviously had that big day to uh you know a couple weeks ago uh in leading the comeback against the Falcons. But overall, I mean, you know, Foles six hundred and eighty yards so far, uh five touchdowns, three interceptions, and he's been sacked four times. So you know, and David Montgomery has been a um, a decent running back to this point. He's rushed for 
247 yards on 63 carries, so just under four yards a carry. Uh, but he's only rushed for one touchdown so far. In fact, as a team, the Bears have only rushed for one. T- that Montgomery touchdown is actually the only touchdown that they have rushed for. So if this is so, if there's an opportunity for a get-right game for the Panthers' run defense, this could be the week because again, you're talking about a team now that is um, that is not the best in uh, you know certainly in rushing for touchdowns. And looking up their numbers quick, as far as rushing offense as a team, the Bears are actually toward the bottom right now. They are actually sixth worst in rushing yards per game at just 93 or uh, 95.4 yards per game. You know, they're only averaging or, you know, they're they've only rushed 115 times. For just 477 yards, which is 4.1 yards per carry, but again, the 95 yards—that is six. The only teams they're better than uh, in that category are the Bills, the Broncos, the Texans, Washington, and the Giants. So, like I said, there's an opportunity now for the Panthers to get themselves good again and confident again in the rush game. Sunday could be that game before obviously a, a huge game in week seven against Alvin Kamara and the New Orleans Saints who will be coming off a bye. The Saints have their bye in week six. So they'll be facing a rested Saints team, uh, rested Alvin Kamara. So Sunday's got to be the day that they get that confidence that they can, uh, they can handle Alvin Kamara. So that's a, you know, quick, quick early preview. And then, you know, Receiving-wise, Allen Robinson still leading the way with 421 yards. So, you know, still one of the leaders in the uh, receiving category there in the NFL uh, with two touchdown uh, two touchdown receptions. Jimmy Graham, though, where did he come from? I, I think the ghost of Jimmy Graham uh, rose from the dead or, or something like that. He had five catches, uh, 33 yards and a touchdown, but he already has four touchdowns, uh, four touchdown receptions this season. Uh, he had one against the Buccaneers in week five. He had two against the Falcons in week three, and they had one in the season opener against the Lions. So is Jimmy Graham back? He's actually their second leading receiver right now with 169 yards and four touchdowns. And then it's uh, Anthony Miller with 160 uh, two touchdown or 161 yards, two touchdowns. Darnell Mooney, 160 yards, one touchdown, and then David Montgomery, 124 yards and a touchdown. So obviously they're doing a lot better in the passing game than they are in the running game. Looking at their uh, passing numbers real quick, the Bears, in terms of uh, in terms of passing yards per game, currently said. Uh, actually, real quick, the Panthers are actually number five right now in passing yards per game. So that's how good that offense has been clicking. The only four teams better uh, in terms of passing yards per game right now than the Panthers are the Cowboys, the Bills, the Packers, and the Chiefs. And unfortunately, we know the Cowboys passing offense is going to take a major hit thanks to the very unfortunate injury to Dak Prescott, um, but that that offense was rolling. But 
The Cowboys, the Bills, the Packers, and the Chiefs right now are the only four teams averaging more passing yards per game than the Carolina Panthers. As far as the Chicago Bears are concerned, they are in the you know around the bottom third, bottom half of of the league in terms of passing yards per game. They're only averaging 227.8 yards per game through the air. Uh, the only teams there's what nine teams that they're better than in that category: the Patriots, the Vikings, the Eagles, the Broncos. Giants, Browns, Washington, the Ravens, and the Jets. That's actually an interesting note that the Ravens are second worst in passing yards per game. But, I mean, when you've got Lamar Jackson running the ball the way he can, it's, I guess, really not really not that much of an issue. But those are the nine teams, or the only nine teams that the Bears have more passing yards per game than, or, or that, the, that the Bears have more passing yards per game than... But like I said, fun fact there with the Panthers, the fifth best passing offense right now in terms of passing yards per game. And then rushing-wise, the Carolina Panthers are kind of uh, middle of the pack right now, actually a little higher than um, than middle of the pack. The middle, 117.8 yards per carry. Uh, Browns, Patriots, Ravens, Vikings, Packers, Cardinals, Rams, Steelers, Titans, Niners, Chargers, Raiders, Saints, and Chiefs. Those are the teams that are better in average rushing yards per game than the Panthers. So, yeah, Panthers are pretty much right in the middle uh, in terms of running the football. But they've got the number five passing offense through five weeks so far. So that's a that's a great stat. For the Panthers. And so in terms of uh, total offense. And uh, total yards per game. The Carolina Panthers right now sit 7th in the league. With 399.6 yards per game. Only Dallas, Green Bay, Buffalo, Kansas City. the Both LA teams. The Rams and the Chargers. Uh, they are the only 7 teams with more passing yards per game and all of them have at least 400 uh, but the Panthers like I said just shy of 400 399.6 but Panthers seventh total offense right now in terms of yards per game in the NFL so listen we knew we knew the offense was going to be pretty good I just don't know if we thought it was going to be this good this quick seventh best through five weeks but again, that's a credit to Teddy Bridgewater throwing the ball extremely well and taking care of the football. The receivers doing extremely well. Mike Davis holding down the fort while Christian McCaffrey has been out with injury. So this looks like a legitimate offense. And so, like I said, that's why uh, Sunday should be a fun game. And we can really see if that is a true 4-1 and one for the Chicago Bears. And a lot of these numbers, too, are the reason why the Panthers are now favorites for the first time this season. They opened, I believe, as a three-point favorite against the Bears on Sunday. And it's like I said earlier, or it's like I said last week, it was kind of baffling to me. I get the Panthers were on the road, but it is baffling to me that the Panthers were two, two-and-a-half-point favorite, whatever it was, two-and-a-half-point underdog 
uh, against the Atlanta Falcons on Sunday. And they kind of showed that it really wasn't that much of an upset, at least in my opinion. I would have favored them. So, again, big win for the Panthers, and the numbers are the numbers are starting to show it. So, got to feel good about that. Um, and we kind of already went through the NFC South, actually, now that I think about it, because we talked about the Buccaneers losing on Sunday or on Thursday to the Bears, and the Panthers obviously beat the Falcons on Sunday, and the Saints play tonight against the L.A. Chargers. So that's how that's how the NFC South shaped up. Then uh, standings, of course, at the moment, it's the Bucks at three and two. Panthers are three and two. Fa- uh, Saints going into Monday Night Football at two and two, and the Falcons now. At 0 and 5. And looking ahead to next week's NFC South action. Panthers, of course, home against the Bears. The Buccaneers will see Aaron Rodgers and the Packers at 425 on Fox. And then the Saints are on a bye next week. And the Falcons will um the Falcons are on the road against the Minnesota Vikings. And as we saw, of course, too, the big news coming out of that game on the Falcons side, Dan Quinn, no longer head coach of the Atlanta Falcons. He and Thomas Dimitrov were both relieved of their duties following Sunday's loss to drop the Falcons to 0-5, which became inevitable. Uh, the Falcons, you know, they had that one good season the year following the, uh, the Super Bowl, but then they followed that up with a pair of Seven to nine seasons, and then of course you start zero and five, and this team obviously looks like they are going nowhere. Um, you know, with all the injuries and whatnot, and Dan Quinn just looked like he had he had lost the team. So Dan Quinn's out, Thomas Dimitras out, and it was actually just announced uh, Monday morning that defensive coordinator Raheem Morris will take over as interim head coach. Morris, of course, um, former. Former head coach of his own, um, previously working, ironically, as we're, we're talking about the Chicago Bears, he, of course, or I'm sorry, not about the Bears, uh, the Buccaneers, um, Raheem Morris, we know, was previously head coach of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So that's what the Falcons have to look forward to. And, of course, the Panthers will see the Falcons again in just a couple of weeks as they will meet in Carolina on Thursday night. In week eight. So before I kind of wrap things up after, you know, a lot of rambling, I apologize that, but a um, uh, couple of shout outs to want to thank a couple of our great sponsors here uh, before we wrap it up. First, our friends over at Roman. Hey, how often do you use excuses like I had a long day at work or I'm just not feeling it? It isn't easy to talk about erectile dysfunction, but Roman makes it easy to discuss and treat ED. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your home. A healthcare professional will work with you to find the best treatment plan. And if medication is appropriate, Roman will ship you real medicine with free two-day shipping. The whole process is straightforward, simple, and discreet. And getting started is simple. Just go to roman.com slash locked on NFL and complete an online visit. Erectile dysfunction used to be tough to talk about, but now there's Roman. Complete an online visit today to connect with a doctor and take care of it. 
Just go to GetRoman.com slash LockedOnNFL to get up to $50 off your first month of ED treatment, a free online visit, and free two-day shipping. That's GetRoman.com slash LockedOnNFL for up to $50 off your first month of ED treatment. GetRoman.com slash LockedOnNFL. And of course, our friends at BuiltBar.com. The improved Built Bar is even deliciouser, and it was already the best-tasting protein bar ever, which comes in 18 amazing flavors, including six new flavors, such as caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, and apple almond crisp. Bars are covered in 100% chocolate, and they are soft and easy to chew. And Built Bars are great for the health-conscious guy, allowing you to lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, great for the keto diet. So for you guys that want to try this for yourself, go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON and you will get 20% off your next order. So that's promo code LOCKEDON, 20% off at BuiltBar.com. And for breast cancer awareness, Built Bar is also offering a limited-release strawberry flavor, and they are allowing you to have 12% off your order through today, October 12th. Partnered with Barbells for Boobs, Breast Cancer Angels, Huntsman Cancer Institute, Living Beyond Breast Cancer. And Built Bar will match your donation to the organizations listed above, up to $50 per order, plus 100% of the proceeds from the Built Breast Cancer Awareness hoodie will go to these organizations to help support breast cancer patients and their families. You can get the Breast Cancer Awareness hoodie for $19.95. So again, all that for Breast Cancer Awareness Month for October, and they have a limited strawberry flavor, and they're giving you 12% off your order through October 12th. So to kind of wrap things up here, like I said, great win for the Carolina Panthers as they go to 3-2. and two. Uh, The offense clicking on all cylinders, defense gaining more confidence, rush defense still, uh, still leaving uh, a little bit to be desired. You know, that was their, I believe, uh, their eighth... Eighth uh, rushing touchdown that they have allowed after you know a, a pretty big day for Todd Gurley over 120 yards and a touchdown. As the Panthers are now actually allowing 133.4 yards per game on the ground, the only teams with are allowing more rushing yards than the Panthers: the Jaguars, the Cowboys, Chiefs, Bengals, Texans, Titans. And Lions, and um, in terms of uh, in terms of rushing touchdowns allowed, like I said, they've now allowed eight rushing touchdowns this season. That is uh, that is actually tied for third most in the NFL. The Dolphins, the Eagles, and Washington have all also allowed eight rushing touchdowns so far. Uh, the most rushing touchdowns allowed so far. The Raiders have given up 10, and then the Jets have given up 9. So 
that's the biggest thing the Panthers need to work on. But like I said earlier, if there's a chance for them to get right in the rush defense category, it's this Sunday against one of the worst rushing offenses in the NFL in the Chicago Bears. So those are just some quick early thoughts on Sunday's game. But again, the Panthers are favored in this game. I think the last I saw was like minus three for the Panthers. So, but celebrate the win, enjoy it. And we'll start getting ready for Chicago throughout the week and what should be uh, another fun game. So that's going to wrap it up for this edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast. Another Victory Monday in the books. Appreciate you guys tuning in and spending some time with me. Enjoy the rest of your Monday and enjoy the win. And we'll see you tomorrow for more fun here on the Locked On Panthers podcast. Until then, Billy Rossetti signing off. We will see you soon. Take care, my friends. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.